Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. I am so glad you could join me here today. It is an exciting day. It is Thursday morning, and we are heading out camping for five days. We're going to take a little side trip up to Penticton, British Columbia uh, and slip into my parents' uh, vacation rental property up there because apparently a lovely little critter got locked in our boat. This We have this old little boat up there that we call Grandma's Boat. It's just hilarious, but it still putters along. My husband keeps it operating and it's great for the kids because it doesn't kick up a huge wake like all these fancy new $100,000 boats do. It's just got a little two-stroke 60 Johnston on it. Is that a 60 or a 100? Doesn't matter. And it's a little low boat. It's got a bow rider. So I sit up there, you know, with a, with a nice cocktail and I cruise around the boat. My cocktails are usually non-alcoholic on the boat, but I just like to call them cocktails. And the dog can walk around. It's just a great little boat. And a little animal got into it over the winter, first time ever, and couldn't get out. So that's so sad because he died in there, but not before he destroyed the boat. Ate through every cushion. I mean, the, the boat is beyond salvageable. It's not worth anything anyways. It's got an old two-stroke motor on it that's so finicky to run. that, uh, And they're being banned here in Canada soon because of the oil pollution they cause. And the transom at the back of the boat is so rotted out that what, we just keep worrying that one day we're going to be out in the boat and it's just going to fall off. Motor's going to go into the bottom of the lake and the boat's going to sink and we're just going to swim back to shore and call it a day. Like, that's honestly, this is the stuff that goes through our minds. So we have to go deal with it. Uh, so we're going up a day early and then heading into this five-day camping trip with uh, good friends and, and families that uh, we've spent the last five years doing this trip with. So the weather is gorgeous. Unfortunately, this forest fire has already started in my province and that's a concern. But you know what? I'm doing this podcast the day I'm leaving and I'm calm. Not so much the case three days ago. So today's subject is actually about clearing the decks. It doesn't matter how much I try. And I do try. I'm a proponent of high functioning habits. I, you know, have a lot of goalposts and gateposts in my life and habits I put into effect to ensure that I stay high functioning, that my fibromyalgia doesn't lay me out, that I can work, that I can contribute. And the past two weeks blew that right out of the water yet again. Husband traveled last week, spent a lot of time with some rhodiola and ginseng energy drinks, working bookkeeping clients till late at night every night. Because he was gone and I had huge catch-up to do. Some clients were having crises. A couple of small clients that I only do once or twice a year happened to need what they needed in the same time that I've taken on a new huge client that now is a full day a week. Well, one of the problems being self-employed is if you book your week Monday to Friday and you're sick for a day or you need to go for away for a weekend, you can't do what you need to do in five days in three. So that's that planning is Always, now, you know, I've been doing this for 27 years. That planning is always there. I've usually got a plan. But lately, with my you know lack of energy, I can't push myself like I used to when I was well. That is very frustrating. As well, I've had too many things that were distractions. And I really had to take a really long look at it last week and say, what's going on here? What is causing me to stop during the week and have to give something else my attention 
that doesn't need to be there. Do you know what? I found half a dozen things. Things like MLM companies that I'm on monthly shipments for that I don't need the products right now. I, they're not businesses that I've ever built, so there's no commission checks really coming through. One, there was, but you know what? I have enough product, and it's product that I sell retail, so I didn't need anything. I used up the bonuses, shut down the auto stuff for about four different websites, finally got my ebook finished. That was excellent, but I haven't even finished editing the final, final, final draft that I can actually do not need to go back to the editor. I can just, it's in a Word format right now before, before it comes a PDF and the artwork gets added into it. And I can make some of those small word and, and um, punctuation changes myself. But I haven't got a chance to do it. I'm taking it with me camping. And then I spent the weekend doing physical things because we're getting a suite ready for, for university students to rent. And I crashed Monday. You literally couldn't touch me. Part of fibro was nerve damage that, or nerve pain that's really, really bad. So you couldn't even touch my arms. And I couldn't stay awake. I got up in the morning, dealt with what I needed to dealt with, deal with, and stood looking at my computer screen that was swimming in front of me, literally swimming, and went, you're not working today till you nap. Now, unfortunately, on top of it, my husband accidentally woke me up too early. He went walking out on the our upper deck and knocked over a huge chair, and I was sleeping in the bedroom beneath it because he was snoring the night before, and bang, I'm awake with two hours too little sleep. So even if I'd been operating normally, I was already behind. After With a crash coming on, 24 hours I was down, just in bed. There's nothing you can do about it when it happens. It's just, it's an, what they would call a fibro flare. There's, there's nothing you can do. You, you literally cannot think. You can't hold a thought. Um, you're in pain. You're exhausted. I just slept. I just slept, read for a bit, and then slept again all night. Anyways, back up Tuesday morning. Not quite my full self, but you know what? Good enough to get going. But it really made me take a look at things to say, what's going on here? Now, if you go back a few episodes in my podcast on iTunes, you'll see one called Boundaries. And that's another thing that happened this week. Someone that I had created boundaries with, you know, almost a year ago, forgot those boundaries and dumped toxic black emotional spew all over my world this week with an issue she's having with She's the man, an estate manager, and things went sideways. But you know what? I didn't have the time to deal with that crisis. Her crisis isn't my crisis. I did give her two hours, which really put me behind, and another client had to suffer for it. That's not fair. And this person just does not realize what she asks of me. By the same token, I also don't back her up and I had to day one gave her two hours found that found two errors right out of the gate that the accountants had made a mess of sent it back to her says go find out why they are doing this to you and by the way I can know I cannot help you with this till I'm back from vacation she's hired a new accountant they're on vacation for two more weeks and yet I took it all on boundaries she had me so emotionally upset I literally got sick in the bathroom my whole nervous system just it was like I had the flu. It was like, oh my gosh, okay, this needs to stop. And my poor husband's like, why do we even go on vacation? It's like this every time we try and get out the door. And he's right. So we just spent some time breathing. I got through the clients that needed, had had to get through. Like there were some deadlines that just couldn't not be missed. There are things in government that need to be looked after every month for businesses, payroll taxes, you know, commodity taxes. Those things just can't be missed. They are the priority. Clients pay me every month to look after that. This person, no. 
It is a favor I do her and she dumped this in my week. Boundaries, people. So I looked at things and said, again, Shelly, you need to clear the deck. So I literally gave her almost like a full resignation letter this week. When the new accountant is hired, I will hand over the QuickBooks file and then there's no bookkeeper in the middle of it any longer. Let the accountants fight with each other. Excellent. She seemed happy with it. I was grateful because honestly, I was at my wit's end with the situation. So I cleared the decks last week. I had way too many shiny objects with all these MLM things and there's businesses I was dealing with and the ebook. These things needed to come to a closure and things move forward so that I can get back on a plan. Does any of this sound familiar in your life? The reason I tell you stories like this and share my life experiences with you is because there are people out there that I know can relate to it, can look at their lives and say, oh my goodness, she's preaching to the choir. That is my life. I, have, I just never say no. I take on too much. I, get, I give none of my 100% attention to one thing. Do you know what you can accomplish when your focus is absolute? Now, I've done very well as a jack-of-all-trades throughout my career. It has really been beneficial in my accounting career because I am paid very well to be a bookkeeper because I'm more than a bookkeeper. I have an accounting background, an education in it, plus I have a business background, plus I have a marketing background. I have experience in so many different types of businesses that I bring a lot to the table, and I enjoy that. I don't enjoy taxes. There's something I let, I let keep creeping back in when clients kind of look at me and beg not my area of expertise, and who knows what I could be missing. I may not know what I do not know. So this is why we have professionals, people. Everyone has their toolbox, and you need to go hire the people who have the correct toolbox. I do, too. That's why I hired an editor to look after my ebook because I realized I was never going to get it finished. It was never going to sound the way I wanted it to because I'm a speaker, not a writer. I enjoy speaking. Where in your life are you doing similar type things? I'm pretty sure all of my listeners are not trying to write an ebook and are accounting professionals, but I'm pretty sure most of you are employed, have family, have situations in your life that you have trouble saying no to, where you take on too much, you're feeling, feeling overwhelmed. All I have to do is look around my neighborhood to see what overwhelming looks like to so many people, I, especially in my particular neighborhood where I have a lot of parents with kids in sports. It absorbs their life and then they're trying to do their own adult life and their jobs and keep their houses clean and look after family. It gets overwhelming and it's where you need to slow down and have some time of contemplation, which is, by the way, meditation, contemplation, that sort of thing is a very high functioning habit. The habit that gets personal is how do you utilize it? But everybody needs it. I talk about it in my ebook. Everybody needs it. So I spent some time in contemplation to say, what do I really need and what don't I need? What is my goal? Where am I going? I need to get some speaking engagements. I need to work with the new clients that I've just hired or just that have just hired me. Clients that are like larger clients that I can spend a whole day on and not be distracted running pillar to post because that is very hard on me with my mental acuity. These are good things. Now, what is getting in the way of making that happen? That's what I stood back and looked at. And let me tell you, it was pretty easy to find a dozen things right off the gate and six of them were looked after immediately. Within 48 hours, I cleared the decks on half a dozen things. 
This week, two more. There's a few more things, but I do have obligations. I need to shut them down properly, close them off, and then we're done with those things as well. That's sort of how I would like you to look at your life. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Now I want you to reflect on that in your own life. Where in your life are you doing things you shouldn't be doing, taking on things you shouldn't be taking on, losing your focus and getting distracted? Are you truly living the life you want or are you existing? I really had a a good opportunity to sit down with my husband for the first time in probably a year and really share with him what my intentions were in the next five years. He's really not been kind of on page with, with what I've been doing here in the side business. I'm not sure why. I think he's feeling a little lost uh, and I haven't shared a lot with him. Well, I just laid it out. I said, hon, I've got things to do. I need to be traveling. I want speaking engagements again. I enjoy traveling. I love it and I miss it. And we haven't been able to do these things. There's, there's just, you know what? Here's the plan. And I laid it out for him. And he was so supportive like he always is. But I hadn't had an opportunity to really share that dream. But it also made it very, when you share a dream and you discuss it with people that you love, it can be, you know, friends, it can be family, it can be your spouse, grown children, it doesn't really matter. You're not only solidifying it for for yourself. Actually, sorry, you're not only just exploring and explaining what's going on, you are solidifying it for yourself. You've spoken it out loud to someone else now. There's a certain amount of accountability in that once you've shared a plan. Okay, I have my why. It's very clear. And now I've got a bit of accountability. He knows what my plans are. And he's going to kind of be watching to see if I'm making those things become reality. In your life, what is it that you want to be doing? So let's start it as like a checklist. Think about the three things that you would never give up. Okay, three things you're never going to give up. Now I want you to think of three things that are a goal, that are a, should be a focus, that you've been letting a million other things get in your way. Three things that are a focus. Now I want you to think about, and this can't all happen all at once, guys, okay? Three things that are solutions that you can do to clear the decks and get back on track. And this is something that really needs to be done on a fairly regular basis, this clearing the decks and contemplation and action plan, because we lose focus as human beings. That's just part of our psyche. Our ego gets in the way, our subconscious gets in the way, life gets in the way, demanding family that have no clue about anybody needs but their own get in the way. Sometimes even spouses are like that. Clients can be that way if you don't put up boundaries. No one has the right to your soul. So, what is it that you want? What are you not willing to give up? What do you want? What are you willing to implement right away? Three, three, and three. It's really, you know what? It's not rocket science. It's not a dozen things. And the reason I focus on the positive and the to-do is because we don't want to spend our energy or attract from the universe the things we don't want. So we're not going to spend our time making a list of all the things that need to go or what what is wrong with our lives, the things we don't want. We never, ever, ever focus on that. Okay, guys? Ever. All you're going to do is bring more of that into your life. That's why I'm very specific about the three, three, and three, about what are you not willing to give up? What are you working towards? What are you willing to implement? Three, three, and three. 
Because when you focus on those, you will see how easy it is to recognize what needs to go. That will jump out at you like a ghost in the dark. Like it'll just bang it'll, and you'll, it'll be so easy for you to, to start making a list and say, oh, that needs to go. Let it go. Let it go. And truly let it go physically, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, let it go. Okay. A focused life can be incredibly, incredibly satisfying and incredibly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, it's left, um, successful. Because you're allowing the universe to put its energies into one thing, not a dozen. And let me tell you, when the universe and God get focused on you wanting something, it's amazing what can happen. Really, truly amazing. So clearing the decks is not a something we do once in our life and walk away. It's really something that you need to take a look at every three to six months, maybe once a year, depending on your personality. For me, it's a little more often because I am the way I am. I have trouble saying no. I'm an A-type personality. I'm compulsive. Uh, squirrel, you know, shiny object. That it's, it's so me that to stay focused uh, is, is, is effort. And, and I have to have high-functioning habits to keep that in place. So I'm not always getting distracted. And anyone that's known me, and I am so fortunate enough to have friends from right from grade school. People are always, I've, you know, one of my best friends, Birta, who lives up in the area I'm going to go see this weekend. She's always so funny because when we tell people that we've known each other since grade one, they just look at us and go, seriously? It is so rare for people to have friends from that long ago. And I have three of them. Like, I am so spoiled. Plus, I have another full handful of people that have been right with me since beginning of high school. I keep people in my life because they're there for a reason. As an adult, I learned where I, I learned where I needed to let things go at times. But I just have some people in my life that have just been there forever and that I would never give up. They know so much about you. But they're also the people that are great um, support networks in the fact that they have seen how much you've changed. Now, Birsha, we have to laugh about because she's one of my regular listeners. So if there's any BS in this podcast, she's the first one to email me and say, yeah, that, yeah, okay. I'm glad you're living in that fantasy land, but that's not quite how it is. <laughs> and she's right. She gives me the best feedback, but always with love and support. Just, she's just amazing that way. So these types of people that have known you that long, they can see where you've changed. So yes, she can laugh and giggle as she hears me talk about my personality traits, but she can also, in all fairness, because she's an incredibly fair friend, Say, yeah, you know what? Look at the difference where Shelly's come in 10 years, 15, 20 years from how she used to be. So I, I try and walk what I talk. It was a huge part of my religious upbringing about walking the walk. You know, that you couldn't just spout off religious blah, blah, blah. You better be living it. I did my best. Failed miserably in so many areas, but I did my best. But it was more a concept that was driven home. It was more like a... Um, that's the term I'm looking for has just left my brain for a second, but if it comes back to me, it's, it was just something that I bought into and it was something I believed in and I carried it with me. My father taught me it. So I carried that with me. And although I changed my mind a lot, which for someone like my father, who is very rigid, thinks that I'm like flaky and can't make up my mind. He doesn't understand growth because he's never grown in his life. He, my father is exactly the same person at 76 that he was at 26. And if he didn't have advanced dementia, he'd tell you that because we've had these conversations over the last 25 years. He is a black and white on his path, bit stuck in a rut. He doesn't do confrontation well. So he 
didn't. He never learned to do it. He never learned to communicate. He didn't need to. If he didn't like the way you were behaving, he just disowned you, cut you out of his life. He did it to me numerous times in my lifetime and just tells you no. Therefore, he has very few close friends and business associates. He created no network. People love my dad. They love him. But he created no network because he was unwilling to ever change in his life. Well, you know what? As an example to me, it really taught me that that's not how I wanted to be. And I chose something different for my life. So although he thinks I'm flaky, really what I've done is I've gotten new information and I've decided this path's better or, you know, science has come to light and now this has become a reality and I, and I, and I move forward with that knowledge. Knowledge to me is huge. So to him, it may seem like I'm always changing my mind, but where in fact, I just consider it growing. I know I've mentioned this so many times, but it never ever is truer than when I watch my own child who was so shut down and wanted to be like my dad, just wanted to be in his little box and never leave his, you know, well, he's traveled now and his perspective has changed forever. And that's why I try and tell people. And that's what I want to share with you. Experiences and growth, your perspective has changed forever and there's no going back. You can't go back to knowing what you, not knowing what you know. Ignorance is bliss when you're in it, but once you, once you know, the bliss is gone, okay? You don't get to go back to ignorant. Um, unless you get a brain injury or you get dementia or something, you're kind of stuck with the knowledge and the experiences you have, and they color everything in your life. So it's really kind of fascinating and comforting for me to have people in my life that have seen me grow and have seen me change, and they don't consider the change a bad thing. They just look at me and say, she just found a better way. She's just working on that and that is so appreciated and that support in my life enables me to do what I do on this podcast and the, so many other things in my life, so many other things. In fact, the second part of my dedication on my new ebook is to my girl gang, to the friends in my life, that women that have been so supportive and the friends that I have, male or female, that have just been there for so long. So in your own life, have some contemplation. Do the three, three, and three, and then put some things into action. Clear the decks. Your life, you will just, I can't even begin to describe to you the weight that falls away off your soul and your subconscious and your body, your, your central nervous system when you let things go. When you just say no, close the door, shut it off, end it, and focus on what you want. Make choices focus on them, move towards them. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.